Wrestling Report. Welcome to the Shooting Blanks Wrestling Report. I am the big guy Ryback, joined with Raj Geary, Wrestling Inc. Dot com Raj, happy Friday. Happy Friday. It's been an insane week, but here we are. How are you doing? I'm good. Busy. Feed me more nutrition stuff up morning to night as always. And uh, but hell of a week we've had so far. Hell of a week. You've been uh, you've been making the headlines. <laughs> I have. Go figure once again. <laughs> um, for those who missed it, uh, kind of a little back and forth with yourself and Mark Henry. Uh, you had. Yeah. Basically retweeted a, a WWE on Fox tweet, and you, you said something about. Uh, I'll let you go ahead and ex- explain what you tweeted, and and then yeah. I'll, I'll bring so up Mark no, Henry's again, comments. if you follow me and know me, which Mark follows me did on on social media and and whatnot, and would watch the stories, you'd know I have a very sarcastic sense of humor, uh, posting information, health and fitness, and then pure entertainment, Ryback TV. I also do have a very serious ongoing legal thing going on with WWE, right? So I saw people started tagging me on uh, Twitter. Fox put out something on who or the, is it, I believe it was who are the greatest champions who never won or who are the greatest uh, wrestlers who never won the WWE yeah. championship. Yeah. Well, uh, let me pull I'm pretty up. sure that was the, it, or it was along the lines of that, anyways. Yeah, the best but, superstar to never win the WWE yeah. Championship is, and you had replied, uh, wrestling is fake, guys, and the championships are props to market entertainers as yeah. champions. Nobody has actually ever won or lost a prop. As scripted physical entertainment is incapable of that. This tweet explains so much, though, on your TV yeah. deal with them. In which was a, a tweet at them that... that them having a sports network and having fighting on their, their channel that when they did the TV deal with WWE, it was a joke that they didn't know that they were signing scripted entertainment in a way. But I used the word fake, right? And I think that's what probably triggered some things. But also being a guy that's been in the business 16 years and broken his back, you know, you would think you having a sarcastic sense of humor. But I think this whole thing got kind of spun into a – into a direction that it was never intended uh, to, to go. But I want to explain some things to people on the whole story, all under one umbrella on here, kind of how we all got to this point that so people have a better understanding because there's been a lot of misleading information and things. And, and I got to say, I've always gotten along great with Mark. I have nothing but love and respect for Mark. Uh, but this whole thing I found a little curious on, on the approach on it. And I'm going to say, so the first thing, uh, Mark, when he, when he started this and was difficult and dangerous, right. Which we haven't heard echoed from anybody outside of punk saying that I, I was dangerous with him on this, on the whole time, which has been a WWE thing they've been pushing out. My thing is, is the entire time I've known Mark and, and wrestled him countless times and in saying his peers and him all agree. And they have conversations. We've never had one conversation on this. So if that was the case, why haven't we had a conversation on this prior, especially someone that has worked a lot together on all of this? I want to say and start this off, too. So because there were multiple things in this, like the Ryback name when Mark and these are things echoed from like the WWE attorneys on the ongoing legal issues that he didn't know my name. He knew he knows my name is Ryan and, and, he, and he calls me Skip and that's fine on that. 
I want people to understand why the Ryback name is important to me, Raj, uh, and, and for Mark, and because and I, I created this outside of WWE. If you don't remember, in developmental and through WWE Tough Enough when it was 22, which I got started in 2004, I was the silverback Ryan Reeves, if you remember. And that was my nickname as a child from my friends. And when I got released from Ohio Valley Wrestling, I don't know if it was weeks later or months later, Mark Henry adopted the silverback name and was doing promos nearly verbatim of what I was doing in developmental. Now, do I think Mark was doing that on his own? I don't, I think that was just a creative thing probably. And I've heard Mark talk about it in the past of why he didn't want to continue doing it and whatnot. So yeah, I, I remember, I think yeah. also like Brodus Clay had come up with the Hall of Pain in developmental. And then I guess the creative ended up taking that and using it for Mark Henry. Um, so Which is any fault of the wrestler usually on that. Right. Right. Yeah. And so I'm not, but I'm just giving you, I want people to understand. So when I was released from developmental and looking to come back, I had to find a new name. And this is when I, I, I discovered, and, and, and Luke Gallows turned me on to the book, The Secret. This, I had shifted my mindset from a very negative down and out. I had nothing, right? I was working at Smoky Bones full time. Didn't, didn't talk to my family for a long time. Really down on the situation. And to me, I remember when, when that happened and, and he took that, that to me was real. I was like, man, that was like, it had meaning. The name had meaning to me from being a, you know, my nickname as a kid, but it's a nickname, right? Big deal. Come up with a new name. So that was where, and I've talked about this, we're watching Terminator 2 and, and being prob pretty intoxicated as I was drinking a bit during that time. Took Ryan, my real name, and the Silverback nickname and came up with Ryback. And that's when also and when at the Smoky Bones, the big guy was adopted by my manager that always called me the big guy. I go, I'm going to, that's, that's my new nickname. I'm going to use that and feed me more with the cooks. And I've told that story and also different positivity books on feeding the soul and using that in feed me mindset to growth mindset. That was the uh, beginning of that period for me while I was not in WWE. So I want people to understand why that name means something to me. It's not me being a mark for my name or the, it was a very pivotal point in my life, a, a where my mindset changed drastically and on setting goals and becoming hungry. And it wasn't a gimmick. It was, it was a mindset. And that's why I built my brand around it because I was so passionate about it. So fast forward, uh, in, in, in come back to WWE, um, with the Nexus, right. And I have the ankle injury and, and this is really important also for people to understand in my career. Uh, and broke my ankle in three places, and we finished the match. This was uh, such a uh, – it was devastating mentally and physically, being out a year and a half, being told you were never going to wrestle again by three doctors. The doctor had messed up the surgery. Then we had the, a malpractice lawsuit against the doctor, a multimillion-dollar malpractice lawsuit. Um, the There was nerve damage, significant that I deal with to this day, and it has caused – is responsible for the injuries that I, I had that, that led to me leaving WWE far sooner than I that ever wanted to. So that injury with the per perineal, perineal nerve, whatever you want to call it in my leg, that screws were put through, runs directly into the back in, in a couple of the discs, two or three of the discs. Those were the discs that first degenerated rapidly. It was directly connected to that. 
So I just want people to understand that, that with that injury and then coming back and overcoming that and coming back and then coming in back as Ryback into WWE and doing what we were doing and then getting put into the main event randomly, right? Which I believe there was a coincidence in all of this, as I've talked about with like the IC title before. Put into the main event and I received a phone call from Jane Geddes that and this is while we were red hot and things were getting ready to get going. And this is what I've worked for. And I had the goal and I've been very vocal that I wanted to win the WWE championship in interviews. And, and I knew based off of my injuries, I, I was in a lot of pain still with the ankle and already with the back. It started very early on. I was told and threatened and I'm not a victim or anything. This isn't, this is everything has happened for my favor and benefit, but I was flat out told that I would be fired if I did not drop the multi-million dollar lawsuit on them, which we've talked about. Mm-hmm. The, the company did not want to be involved in it, which they weren't, but they they didn't, didn't want the bad press, they said, in which I dropped that for them. And that to live out my dream and thinking, if I do this, we'll be square on everything because you got to remember during Nexus as well, they fired me after my ankle injury which I had to get the attorneys to keep my job. So the relationship was strained from the beginning up to this point, right? But I thought right then, if I drop this, we are going to, we're going to, we'll be square, which obviously we saw it played out on TV on creative and things. That wasn't necessarily the case. And as my career went on, those discs in my back were rapidly uh, degenerating. And again, doing certain moves, the backpack stunner, all that, that didn't help on that. So in my career, there was a sense of urgency for me to accomplish my goal. And the further I got away from that and in things, it would be frustrating at times. But I always stayed professional. I always worked hard during all of that. And it was, I think people need to understand how we got to that point, though, in the meaning of all of this for me in the sacrifices. And also that I respect Mark. And understand that he spent countless years on the road, right? And make making towns, which Chris Jericho's tweet, I agree with completely on everything Chris said, which is why, and I put up some tweets and everything I said was true, but I don't want to get into that with Mark because that's not, we always, I thought we had a better relationship with that, which obviously isn't the case. But um, moving on with that, when I chose with, with the contract thing towards the end and, and winning, by the way, the Intercontinental Championship, a match Mark was uh, in that with me with on that and choosing that because of the pain and everything going on, I had to make a decision on what I'm going to do with my life and having different things going on with WWE that I've talked about that I needed to walk away. I, they were well aware of my injuries with my back and my shoulder and again, I accept full responsibility on, on taking the tour at all to keep performing. And the cortisone, I was told, wasn't going to cause any damage, ate away my entire shoulder, right? So I made a conscious decision that even though my goal was to win the WWE Championship, that for my health and into and, and my sanity with everything, I needed to walk away, in which, in which I did. And I put out my statement on it. And... I made a decision when I left that I was never going to go back there again. A very, and I thought about this long and hard and it was, and it was based off many personal things, which creative was the least of my worries 
on all of that. It was very personal. And again, health, which I didn't realize how severe that was. So then when I left Raj and I wanted this to be done with it, that's when the games really started with them. And I put, I posted the paperwork for people to see this. I'm not making this up. They wanted all my social media. It wasn't change your names on your social media. You've seen, I think you've seen the forms, right? Yeah. Yeah. Give us your Twitter, give us your Instagram, give us your supplements, your website, which the supplements are an entire different entity in that in, in class and trademark wise anyways, <clears throat> with paperwork to sign all of this over. So that to me was what the hell is going on. And that's when I talk about the social media suppression and all of this stuff. I had to legally change my name and I was advised on this so that I can get the Ryback trademark over time, which is going to happen. And that's the final piece here. I had to make a, a, a business decision based off what you know on how important that name is to me and the things that have happened and owning everything else they wanted me to sign over at the time with the big guy and feed me more. It's just been a constant back and forth of where, and I take shots at them, but I, I speak truth also for the wrestlers on this because it's a very personal situation, but it's something that I'm not able to close because we are still connected, unfortunately, with everything going on on this. In which in this, and I wish with Mark, and we've heard him talk, and then like I, and I love Mark. If he and he talks about being a mentor to, to the talent, right, and, and like kind of a coach, and he's one of the the all time. I mean, he's in the a, a goat of, of weightlifting, and I've looked up to Mark in that aspect of things for many many years. He followed me. He would watch my stories, and and I would feel as a, a peer and somebody who used to help put the guy straps on because his shoulders were so shot before we would work. That we would be on a, a good enough relationship where if that tweet got spun a different way, which it was never intended, which I apologize to the people if it offended wrestlers, specifically people that came before me, I'm very respectful of them and everything that's gone into the business to get it here to this day. That why wouldn't Mark just DM me and say like, hey, can we talk? I want to have a conversation with you. And then about the tweet and we could have a real conversation and it didn't have to go to what get tied into what's going on with WWE too. And with him and then bringing up like this stuff that had, that's not true. Like that is what I think I'm most hurt over. And then I, I put out my statement and then got the more I listened to, I listened to it several times the other night, that night I put out those tweets and I'm mad. I got fucking, it hurt. Cause I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I've talked to many talents there where they go, what the fuck is going on? And it's like this, is he WWE office now and spinning and, and they're using him to, for this? You know, I wish he would have just had a private phone call over the matter, though, before we we went that route. Like Jim Cornette and stuff, I expect that from Jim. Mark, I thought we were better and him knowing me and working with me enough that we could have, that could have been handled differently and that where it, it didn't need to get, get to this. But here we are and I have to explain everything so everybody understands all of it. Um, let's see what else there is. Of the Booker T stuff, like with Booker, you know, like Booker put out his comments on it. I don't know if you've seen those. Uh, yeah. I thought Booker did a fantastic job of expressing his, I could, I could see and hear in his voice, the disappointment of the word using the word fake and how an outsider would use it. But he never took any personal shots or anything of that matter. And that, that's where I was like, and then Chris 
put out the tweet and talking about Mark. And I go, you know what? Mark is respected and that everything. And I don't want to turn this into a thing on me versus Mark. It's me versus WWE. And it was never me bashing the wrestling industry. And I know we have this legal stuff is going on and they're not doing well in the Ryback trademark. And I go, it's just, uh, what a what a shitty thing to spin it this guy low. I'm difficult and dangerous. Let's put that out there as this guy's getting ready to come back with 16 stem cells, 17, 18, 19, to overcome this five-disc fusion and shoulder replacement. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It was, I just didn't think that that was, I don't understand that and why we didn't handle this in a in a in a more behind the scenes way. In which too, I think in this time, this day and age, another point I want to bring up is. Every podcast exposes pro wrestling, including theirs every day. Right. It, it's it, it's 2021. And the word props has been used by people. Bruce Pritchard has used it. I've heard different people, trainers. I'm not going to name everybody's name. I've heard people in the business refer to them as props. All championships are props, and it's not being used by me in a in a, in a negative way. That's what they are. But that's not saying that the championships don't have meaning. They do. And it's not it's not the the belittling the work and the the blood, sweat, and tears that it takes to to win that. But every UFC championships are props. It's business marketing 101. You you start a company and then you have these championships or props as you want to call them. It doesn't mean they don't mean anything. That's just a name for them on top of it. And sometimes, like in Mark's case, I understand why Mark also could have taken it so personally getting fucked with a lot during his career and the bullshit he put up with and the time on the road that he put in, which in any other era, him and Big Show, I've talked about this and done nothing but put them over, are two special attractions that should have been protected their entire careers. He's one of the rarest human beings that probably have ever existed that to be able to do what he did in the Olympics and weight training and then go on to wrestle as long as he did. And there's off periods in there, as, as there is with all of us in that. But man, like what Chris said, he's put in his time in that and so when he finally and everything and we've heard the story on how he finally got to the championship and with the hall of pain right and but that the lead into that to being put in the ring and vince fucking with him and, and, and people fucking with him and not respecting him and him losing his shit and going off and saying fuck it and wanting to quit and they put him into that title match all i asked mark to understand is knowing my story and how important that was to me and, and with my goals on the short time span that I think I had with my injuries, with everything, that if Mark had that match where he shows up to the building and they finally put the championship on him, as they probably should have many, many years prior, and he got there and they and they go, you're, you're losing. And he loses and he does his job, as we all do, because we're all professionals. And his career it comes to an end shortly thereafter because of, of a career-ending injury, and he has to leave. I wouldn't call Mark's career a failure because he showed up to the building and, and the promoter and the people in charge didn't have him winning the championship. And that's what I took a little bit of an issue with, where I took it personal, where he tried to call me a failure because there's a lot of people that have given everything to this business. Hall of Famers, legends that never have won the championship. And I can see if, you know, I had a goal of winning the championship, I'm very, I was very vocal with that goal. That did not happen. So in that sense, can you say I failed? Yes. But you need to understand understand the circumstances that caused me to walk away and that this whole thing has gotten far uglier than it ever should have been. With them putting out things and having to get an attorney to take down false negative things with the dirt sheets and different things, it's like an uphill battle. 
and, and with being limited people seeing me where it's very frustrating. And all I've done is try to stay positive more times than not and overcome this so that I can go back and finish my career and not with WWE and finish my career and, and achieve the goals that I have. And that was one goal that I dropped off the list because, and it was something that I learned in different books and in different readings and, and teachings that not setting goals that are, you don't can't directly achieve on your own that are in other people's hands. And that's a goal that is unfortunately in other people's hands, but I respect the work and the effort and and everything that goes into it. And I think you just have to understand championships have different meanings for different people in the business. And we've heard people in Scott Hall and them go, well, would you rather, and I'm not getting the, 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 the numbers correct, but you know, would you rather make $10 million a year for 10 years and never win a championship or make $100,000 a year for 10 years and, and be the champ the whole time. I think you're going to find wrestlers that will say they want the 100000 of the championship. And I think you're going to find some that go, no, I want the $10 million. Because we all kind of have different mindsets how we approach the business. And for me, when I saw and going through my struggles with it, for me to show up and do my job to the best of my ability, which I've always done, I've always put over people. I've always done. I've never been. That's, I, take, I take great offense to that. Because I adopted the mindset of I'm whatever role they ask me to play, I'm going to give it everything I got. And I'm going to go out there and, and whether I have all the momentum and it makes sense for me to go out there and, and quote unquote win or not. Or if it's going to we're going to go make three new main eventers with the shield. If I'm going to put over the, the John Cena at the time, if I'm going to put over Mark Henry in a match at WrestleMania and fall on my face and look like a failure, echo echo the words of Vince, which he did, that I'm going to go out and do that, even if I don't agree with it, because that is what you do as a professional, and I've always done that. So that, to me, is a little bit what I took a little bit of offense over with Mark, is saying that I was a failure and that in with everything and letting – I want people to understand how we got to this whole point. But it's frustrating because I, I love Mark, and I thought we've, we've wrestled, man, so much, and I saw him a couple years ago. And I told him about my back and everything and the things. And, you know, and he says the thing, too, about the dogs, you know, because he watches my stories. And he, and I thought we were closer than this, where he goes, you know, you might be a champion to your dogs. Like, how much have I told that story? None of this gets covered. Where I stopped all my appearances two and a half years ago, lost all my wrestling income because my dog has disc disease, has ruptured her disc eight times, eight massive surgeries. It's cost a shit ton of money, even with pet insurance. She's been paralyzed twice. And I made a selfless decision, as my doctor told me, to stop wrestling. I needed to stop wrestling, but I didn't want to. That, okay, this is all happening for a reason. And, and I understood her pain having my injuries with my back. And so when like comments like that are made, and I see that, and then people go, oh, nobody's booking you. You're not worth it. You're difficult. And then he says this stuff that the dirt sheets are saying that WWE is pumping out. It's just all too coincidental to me. And it's frustrating. I have to defend myself in a way. But I also, like I said, what I did the other night in speaking, everything was the truth. When I put those tweets out outside of the original statement, I don't want like that's I didn't feel good about that because that's not the mark that I knew and wrestled with. And I don't want And Chris. I'm glad Chris put that tweet out because it kind of reminded me, like, look, don't go this route with it because he is respected by a lot of people. And now this is tied in with the legal bullshit with WWE when it was never intended to. But I think it, it's easy to look at something and for other people and to just look at the news and how it's being presented 
And if you don't follow me and you're not seeing my content, and you don't understand my sense of humor, you know, and again, 16 years in wrestling and I've been off the last couple, not, I'm not, mm-hmm. not being directly involved with it, but it's not like in, in Booker said, it's not coming from an outsider also that hasn't spent his entire life in the business that broke his back in wrestling that, that spends times doing fan mail for all the fans for free. I've done it from day one who used to stand outside and people know that, know they know. And that's why I said on my original statement, if you know, you know, after every time, after closing a show, and I've main evented a lot. I've been in a lot of main events over the course of my career and staying out there and signing pictures with every fan when I had to go drive for three to five hours every night. Like that's where I don't want that to get lost in translation, that I don't love the business because I've always gone above and beyond on that. And I do, I love the good fans and I talk shit to the bad ones as they do. And I have fun with it and call the negative one marks, but I just think in 2021 where the business has been exposed so much and a guy that's been in it, I think a legal matter with WWE, that was a, a little tongue in cheek joke at Fox got taken a whole different direction than I never wanted it to. And that's why I apologize for the people that offended and the wrestlers that it offended because it's not me versus a wrestling industry thing. It's me versus WWE. And I'll say this again. Once I have the Ryback trademark, once this, this is closed, done and deal, done deal. My legal name will go back to Ryan Reeves because this was a business decision. It's not me being a Mark, not being ultimate warrior as they like to call, because that's what they like to call him. Right. This was a business decision to take something that has a lot of meaning to me to have closure on a company. And it doesn't mean I'm not grateful for the experience and everything I've had. People just need to understand it wasn't a good experience for me. And it was strained from the beginning after my ankle injury and a lot of wrestlers, I'm not going to get sympathy from wrestlers from a creative standpoint. We all know this and I'm not looking for it. I just want people to understand that this experience in this situation wasn't the best. And I want wrestling to be better for the future. And that's why I speak up on it. I'm, I know I'm not going back to WWE and I've spoken up and I wish, and we've talked about the different things and I understand Mark's take and he's pro WWE. Everything he has is because of them. He signed a 10 year, $10 million deal. Not a lot of people do that to start off pro wrestling. Most of the guys start off with $100,000, $150,000 after expenses, and they don't do nearly as well. He Mark didn't make nearly what he should have. And I speak up on the and Mark. And by the way, I've Mark has had discussions in the back backstage where we not not talking bad about WWE, but where he has said he that we have the lowest percentage scale wise compared to other sports and entertainment. These are things wrestlers talk about that they can't talk about when they're. So I've taken it upon myself based off my situation with them to speak up on this so that hopefully wrestling gets better for the talent there and for the future. And I wish more people can do it. I wish Mark would do it. And cause there's a way to do it and not maybe be as aggressive as I am on it, but there's a lot of poking and prodding going on where this is really personal to me. So that's all I want. I just want people to understand that. And I'm not this piece of shit that hates wrestling. I love wrestling. I wouldn't be wanting to, saying I'm coming back to wrestling and then put this tweet out to like bash the wrestling industry. You know what I'm saying? That would make no sense. And I find it coincidental that I am coming back and I've been very vocal on where I want to go and where and what I want to do. And then again, knowing what I'm capable of, what I'm capable of, the potential that I have when I'm used in certain roles, they're well aware of. And that there's a reason why they wanted my social media, which is thriving on other places that they don't have control over. And this is a very real issue. And I just find it very coincidental that this has got tied in to a wrestling industry thing 
when it's not. And I'm, I'm publicly, it is me versus WWE. And whether you thought the joke was funny or not, that's, everyone's going to have their opinion on it. But you got to understand, this isn't a guy that's new to the business. In which, and I'm going to point this out also, Mark defended Ronda Rousey when Ronda did her whole fake thing with the business. And it, right. it's, on, it's on their show. So you have to ask yourself, why didn't he take that so personal? But from a guy 16 years in the business who's won a championship, which a match he was in, a match Mark was in with me at the at the elimination chamber that he he failed to mention that, right? Mm -hmm. Why is that his take on this, and that wasn't his take on that? And that's all I'm going to say. And again, the personal stuff with us, this can all be hashed out with a phone call, and Mark knows that. But like the difficult and dangerous thing, I've talked to enough people, and enough, and I have enough friends and people in wrestling where what the fuck is going on? That's not the case. If we would have heard that, we would have heard local talents which all of them have said the, the complete opposite, spent the whole day with them. Those matches were more stiff than any other matches I ever had because I was told to go out there and be like, to fucking lay it in, get over it. That I was directed every week on that. Right. So and none of those guys, man, I, I, I take great pride in my work with that. And Mark knows that Mark knows that. And that's why to me, I don't want this to get into any more. I don't want this to be a me versus Mark thing. And that's that. It's, I don't know what else to say on it. Right. Had you kept in touch with Mark uh, since you left? Or I know you mentioned you ran into him one time a couple of years ago. Was that kind of your first uh, interaction with him uh, after you left? Or Yeah, it was at a Northeast wrestling show um, in which I was wrestling. And I'd had some of my stem cell procedures, but I like my weight was down, like compared to what I was still in good shape. But not I was still I was I was really, really screwed up because those were my final shows actually mm -hmm. with all that and it, it should, that was over that was probably two and a half years ago almost with all of that and uh we always got along and we, we never we'd never like been like overly close you know i talked to joe henning the other night also and joe and joe and again everything joe knows me and our, we laughed for two and a half hours straight and he just goes i don't get it like with all of this and i go it's it's because it's not the case but you know, and he and he brought up a great point. He goes, I agree with everything you said. He goes, I know you. I know you didn't weren't bashing the business. And he right. goes, he goes, I could tell you. And like Joe, we talked about his dad briefly. The championships do have significant meaning to people, which it does to me too. The tweet wasn't saying that championships don't mean anything. It's just it was a set, talking from my experience in the business. But you know, someone like Joe, who who with his father, Mister Perfect, in that Intercontinental Championship, when Joe won that, that was a very special night for Joe. Right. I'm sure he cried all night after like that was so I'm not getting into that's not the attack that I'm doing. It was an attack that this fight network and sports network didn't know they signed scripted entertainment onto it. And it was whether it was a shitty joke or not, that's up for debate. I joke all the time. Sometimes they're funny. Sometimes they're not. But when Cornette took it and then spun it into that and then it just it went a direction I never wanted it to go. But, you know, and I, I think with Mark, I told you, like, I wish we could have. Yeah. I wish this was handled on a DM or a phone call where like, and, and he could have had, he could have been, been as aggressive as he wanted. We, I would have explained everything I did and we would have had a good conversation. And I think a lot would have been accomplished on it where he would have had a better, better understanding of me as a person and a human being that maybe he's not fully aware of. Maybe he is, I don't know, but it's, uh, I've, I, I hold full accountability and I've talked about this for everything that's happened for me. And I turn negatives into positives. It's just unfortunately with WWE, this has got dragged out because of everything going on with the Ryback trademark. And people go, well, why don't you drop it? Why don't you let it go? 
I've explained to you why it's important to me in coming up with it before I was there and then asking them to be able to trademark it for the contracts and being told to sign the contracts or else. Like it's not a, it, this is why I speak up for wrestlers because I want us to have the power for not what happened to me, not to happen to other people. And whether it's this generation or the next generation, man, it's because of my love of wrestling and seeing certain things that go on. And I understand Mark too, Mark dealt with all the bullshit and chose to stay there and wrote it out and finally achieved his big dream, right? So I understand, like, I, I get it and I love it. It's, it's to me, it, it's such a great story. But you have to understand my story as well and that it doesn't make me a failure. And, but if it doesn't, Mark Size, I'm okay with that also because I am coming back and I'm going to go to the competition. We're going to kick their ass in the ratings. Like that's, so I, I welcome a challenge in calling me a failure for my career. I, I really do, because I use that negative energy as positive fuel. I process it all the same, whether you love me or hate me. And I just think though, from a guy who's wrestled him over enough times that used to help put his straps up because his, his shoulders were shot, who dedicated his body to weight training and pro wrestling and went out there and he always, I'm not, Mark always took care of me. Mark was never dangerous with me. And I would like to think I was the same with Mark because we never had any conversations. Otherwise he never told me that I heard him, you know? So mm -hmm. it's this whole thing has just gotten off track. And I look at it and it's an opportunity for me because if you've seen in the past, I'll go off on rants on WWE when I get passionate and I'll start cussing and I get hot because things, I don't want to do that here. And I put those tweets out and I took them down because I go, fuck, I don't, that didn't make me feel good. I don't want it because I, I remember the good times with Mark and I, we didn't have bad times. So yeah. it is what it well, is. Well, yeah, it just seems like a, a joke that got blown way out of proportion. And, yeah. Um, it's it's already seems like it's blowing over. So um, it always does. But you've done this show with me long enough, I think, in, in where I give my opinion on things. But I think I'm pro talent. I don't think I and I never I've right. said it from the beginning. I never want to turn this into me versus the WWE wrestlers, which is what the scary thing on this is, is Mark has got stepped into this. And that's what I want to be careful of not to turn it, because, again, with Jericho putting out his tweet, I, I'm happy Jericho put that tweet out, putting Mark over because it reminded me. Like, look, this guy has been around a lot of people a lot of years in the business, including myself, where I don't want to start getting the legal issues with WWE tied into personal relationships with talent because it, it's just it makes me look it makes me look bad in the situation on it. And I don't want that. I don't want it to get turned into that. So, yeah, well, um, yeah, so a lot, uh, a lot to process there. Yeah, a lot Long to process. story. <laughs> Good luck typing uh, that one out for the website, Raj. Right. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, so in other news, uh, <laughs> uh, Sting, uh, they, it was announced that he will be in action at the AEW Revolution pay-per-view. And uh, that, that was originally scheduled to be on Saturday, February 27th. Sting is going to be te teaming with Darby Allin against Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Obviously, it's probably going to be a cinematic match. Uh, that is what Sting agreed to when he had... Comebacks, though. Yeah. Um, Sting in a cinematic match. I really feel like WWE, they kind of dropped the ball with that one. They could have easily done a Sting versus Undertaker cinematic match. One company's losses and others gain in, in AEW. I've talked about like that is getting Sting is a, a, a big thing, and especially too once the crowds are back. Can, I mean, can you imagine if they had full crowds for all that, what his reactions would have been showing up there? We, we missed out on all this early on, mm -hmm. but I'm hoping we're going to make it up when, when the crowds are back. But I think it's great using him in this capacity 
you play in this. We've always said this with wrestlers. All you have to do is play to their strengths and hide their weaknesses. Right. And anybody can make you money. You know, that we've talked about with like a guy with Cesaro, whatever Vince weak thinks his weaknesses are, you, you know, they have the opportunity putting him with Heyman and just letting him be a wrestling machine. The guy doesn't even have to say anything. He could be a mute monster. And that guy, like, there's ways to do it if you truly want. And I think with AEW, we're going to see this more and more with them adopting a, a, the, the philosophy of, of making as many big stars as possible by playing up to their strengths. And Sting's already as big of a star as he could be, but they're just simply going to play to his strengths, where he's at in life, what he is capable of doing, and getting the rub, putting that Sting dust on, on Darby Allen and these other talents. Beautiful. That's pro wrestling at its finest. Absolutely. Um, and so that pay-per-view was actually originally scheduled to be Saturday, February 27th, but it's apparently going to be moved uh, up a, a, to the following week, March uh, 6th or 7th, which is a Saturday or a Sunday. Apparently it's being moved because Jake Paul is going to be fighting that night. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I, I guess uh, last time uh, Full Gear was up against a Logan Paul fight and it did uh, their worst pay-per-view numbers yet. So they smart want to avoid move. that competition. So pretty smart to just uh, change the date. Who's he fighting? Did they, have they announced that? Uh, I actually don't think it's official yet. That's just been talked about uh, as the date for uh, Jake Paul possibly oh, being yeah. in action. But yeah, uh, nothing's official yet on who he's fighting. I don't believe. And if someone in the chat, uh, if I'm wrong, let me know. Yeah, that's a smart business move on their part. And uh, you want to—you never want to go head-to-head with something else because it's going to take away numbers from a, just right. a business standpoint. You want to get the, the biggest biggest draw you can possible. So I love two AEWs on pay-per-view and not like WWE Network with that because you could actually see with talent, you could see like they actually can see who's a draw, right? Right. Whereas yeah. you, it's a little harder with the network where now is like if, if a – AEW doing that with like the boxing and the fighting and you can see in, in Tony Khan and, and everybody there that if you bring a, a new guy in and in numbers increase over a certain thing, you know, you have a star where right. that's maybe been ignored in, in other companies. So man, to me, it, it, everything's going in the right direction. Yeah. Um, WrestleMania, it was finally officially announced that it'll be at Raymond James Stadium in Tampa. It's going to be two nights again this year, and they are planning to have fans. Uh, apparently, uh, they're going to have, they're hoping between uh, 25 to 30,000 fans. Wow. So, uh, first uh, WWE show, really, um, with fans since the pandemic started. I mean, they did have some of those uh, shows at the Performance Center where they had a handful of fans in, but as far as a real crowd, this will be the first. Here we are a year later, and it's finally happening. So um, some good news on that front. Happy for all the talent, everyone. All the wrestlers that have wrestled during this entire period. Almost, We're all going on almost a year. Not, not quite, but it is by far from where this started to where we're going. There has to be just a huge sense of relief for everybody involved on all organizations that we are going to be getting back to some sense of normal and pro wrestling was built on act and react regardless of anything being planned or not act and react in, in the emotions of the crowd. And it was the number one of everything, every sport and everything wrestling pro wrestling has been hit the hardest because the business is built around that fan interaction. And we've lost that. We lost it completely for a while. And then 
with the Thunderdome and and with AEW getting small small crowds back, we're we're getting a little taste of it, but still not the same. So I'm happy to hear that for them and for the talent. Yeah. Uh, WWE also announced the next two years of WrestleMania. Next year, it's going to be returning to AT&T Stadium in Arlington. And the year after that, they'll finally do SoFi Stadium. That's where it's supposed to be this year in Los Angeles. So next year, it'll be April 3rd at AT&T Stadium. The following year, at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles on April 2nd, 2023. Apparently, the, the thinking is if we still got COVID stuff happening uh, next year, where California still isn't allowing full crowds, Texas probably will. And so yeah. uh, they have been for the Cowboys games allowing, about, I believe, like 25,000 fans for those games. So um, it's it is pretty optimistic. You know, you, you can pretty much guess that they'll be allowing full full crowds by then. I hope so. California definitely has been the strictest. And I know this with like my manufacturer being over there with the supplements. And it, it's definitely it, it's they definitely have been the strictest of anywhere. But. You would think with the vaccine and the rollout of that and the new administration, it seems like it's a priority here to um, I hear talk of things opening more and more now. Right. It's almost like where even if the numbers like in Vegas, I know we had the most deaths the other day that we've had, but they're not talking about shutting down. It's got to take precautions. It seems like they're accepting that even if numbers rise, though, the vaccine's getting rolled out, that there's going to come a point where the numbers start going down here with herd immunity and everything going on that I think it is optimistic that unless there's a major, a major swerve with this whole angle that, uh, <laughs> that hopefully, yeah, we are everything. Cause we have all the wrestlers, man, deserve it. it yeah. Nobody deserves to not wrestle in front of, and the fans deserve to go experience because it is the greatest experience ever. Yeah. Um, so the television ratings this past week, uh, really good for um, SmackDown and AEW. Um, they were both way up. Uh, bad for Impact. They were the only show that was actually down this week. Uh, Raw was up a little bit, but it was kind of uh, disappointing uh, considering last week they were up against a giant football game, and this week they did about the same um, audience. So starting with SmackDown, they did 2.26 million viewers on Fox last Friday. Um, so it was their best their best viewership outside of the Christmas night episode, which had the NFL lead in. But their best viewership since um, since November, like mid-November, and, and their best rating in the demo. So um, a good rating for SmackDown. Always a positive on that, like we said. And, and they got the, the Roman storyline on there, and they're doing some good things. And I think as we get near the crowds coming back, if that show has some positive momentum, it's going to continue. Because we will see a spike on these once the crowds are back. And then we'll see if it comes back down a little or where it levels out at. But it's right. uh, I'm sure they're thrilled to have that over too for the meantime yeah. survival mode. Right. And raw this, uh, this past week, it did 1.85 million, 1.86 million viewers uh, up slightly from 1.82 million viewers. Again, they didn't have much competition this week. Last week they were up against the college football championships that did 19 million viewers. Uh, there was an NBA game that did about 2 million viewers. So not really anything really that strong. This is the time of year uh, when raw ratings usually are, are peak. They're usually the highest from here until mid-April. Then you see a drop start to rise again uh, during you know SummerSlam season and then yeah. drop once football season starts back up. So um, we're kind of what we'll be seeing the next few weeks um, are probably the highs of what WWE Raw will be doing this year. Uh, unless there's something, uh, some massive change, but 
I think this might be the year, though, that trend reverses with crowds coming back. If they start getting the crowds, we may see that spike again, depending on, on what the storylines are and, and the excitement. And we've talked about, too, like for the wrestling companies, like they have to do stuff. They can't put any effort in, right? They have to try to some degree, but you also don't want to be doing your biggest storylines ever during this period. Right. So it, it's like, we'll never know what they maybe really had truly planned or if we're going to get some bombs once people are back, which if I was, you know, if it's my wrestling company, I would, I would have some things planned for when, when people are back so to get, give people that, that shock factor again and uh, and see if it doesn't drive the ratings in a new direction. So, Yeah. Uh, Impact, as I mentioned, it was down. It, had, it featured Matt Hardy and Private Party uh, appearing, but they were actually down uh, 9% from AEW? last week in viewers. Uh, what's that? Was that AEW Impact. or Impact? Impact. Oh, imp- okay. But they had AEW talent on the show. Yeah. Uh, but they were down nine percent from last week, and they only did a point zero three rating, which is uh, you know one of their worst ratings that they've done uh, in the demo. Um, so, and overall, they did one hundred forty seven thousand viewers. Uh, again, they were coming off a hard to kill, so it's got to be considered yeah. a disappointing number. It's the lowest impact viewership for a first run episode since mid November, and uh, uh, you know clearly the lowest number since Kenny Omega appeared. So seems like a lot of the buzz that they got from Kenny Omega has kind of waned off. And I will say of all the wrestling shows, they don't have a crowd there at all right. from what I've seen. Right. So that they're in uh, the, the, it's an uphill battle because you can only watch empty arena wrestling is, is very difficult. And we saw that with, with WWE and AEW early on. We were like, it was by far the most awkward period in wrestling watching that without crowds where they're still doing that. And, you know, it's a testament to all their talent that they're able to go out there and turn it up and, and adjust, you know, in this current state of, uh, of the world. But it, it hurt, they're by far hurt the worst with, with the limitations of, of people without people there. Yeah. And finally, AEW, they did a really strong number with 854,000 viewers uh, up against the inauguration. Uh, and that was an, a 0.36 rating in the 18 to 49 demo. So it was it was up 12% from last week uh, in viewers, 20% in 18 to 49. And um, so, yeah, a, str- a strong number for Impact. NXT was up as well. Uh, they did 659,000 viewers with a 0.15 rating in the key demo. Um, overall, uh, they were, uh, up 20% in the audience and up 7% in the key demo. So both shows up, but, uh, AEW really crushing NXT this past week. Yeah, no. And again, they, it's been pretty consistent on that with them. There's weeks they have lost, but what do you think Raj, their number with AEW particularly, where do you think they're going to end up with crowds back? Do you see them getting over a million regularly or no? I don't know. I, I feel like they need. Uh, I think they're they're appealing to people that are are already wrestling fans or yeah. would be wrestling fans, and not enough to the mainstream. And I thought that before the pandemic hit too, as far as getting characters that would you know um, that would appeal to regular sports fans as opposed to just wrestling fans, and yeah. I. I just think that's something that they need to work on. And uh, we just haven't seen that. It's a lot of cute humor, a lot of inside jokes that wrestling fans get, but not really outside the bubble. Yeah. No, it's, uh, 
and Cody doing like that the, the the television show and like that's good exposure at a time. But like and you you got to do that with enough people also. But they're they're still building with so many people. You know that's kind of we talked about it with like WWE. And again, frustrations we talked about like with the Flex magazine wanting me on the cover and, and not them not Hunter not letting me multiple times like very frustrating because that's great exposure. You know with AEW though they now have these the connections and the money to to get people on gigs to start getting casual people to come to their, to watching that promotion, to showing them. And that's where having guys like Jericho and, and, and Moxley and things and Cody, that Matt Hardy really, really helped Sting, yeah. Sting to yeah. seeing the people that people, Oh, I remember that guy. And then they, you're going to, you're going to hook a portion of them. And then too, with the talents, with the social media, super important, just being as active as possible and, and establishing your own fan base to help get those, drive those numbers up. And it's not a thing that happens overnight, but and I, I, from where they started to where they are now, it's again, it kind of survival mode for the whole thing. So that we got to see once the crowds are back where that number number settles in. And if they're able to grow that number again, consistently over time. So, right. Yeah. Do you no, think absolutely. it hurts to the business rush? I do. Cause like we, we've seen it and this ties into like the, the, the stuff with, with the podcast exposing the business and things. Like, you know, in, with, with being the elite and showing backstage things where you're breaking kayfabe and, you know, you got like two uh, with, with Gallows and, and Anderson, the worst pay-per-view ever kind of. All these things are going on in 2021 and people laugh and enjoy it, but it's more for that current fan base, right? I think you, but like it's, the cat's been out of the bag on all that, like how things, I, but I wonder if truly how much has all this hurt pro wrestling? I do think it. I do think it has because ultimately, pro wrestling, uh, the people that just watch it for moves and stuff like that, you already got them. But the people who watch the intense rivalries, and doing all the the backstage stuff and the jokes, it takes away from that. You know, yeah. the best pro wrestling feuds are where you think the guys want to kill each other. You know, whether it's Sean and Brett or. Uh, Austin and Gam and now you know, Mark Henry and Ryback. Let's revisit that in Saudi. <laughs> Right, no, but <laughs> you know, with you and CM Punk, you you never yeah. got the impression that you guys that, were. Though. Yeah, yeah, you never got the impression you guys were friends and uh, that you were. just had a good time <laughs> out there. It yeah. felt like you guys really wanted to tear each other's heads off, and that yeah. makes for good TV. And when you know everyone's just kind of joking around backstage and they're having fun, it takes the intensity away. You know, there's a saying, Cody and Daniel Bryan. We they used to say when we would ride together was, uh, "If you can't draw money, be funny." And uh, that that was always a, a real thing in wrestling, that mm-hmm. if your character gets ran to the dirt and, and this and that, that just start being funny because you could still parlay a, a great career out of it. But that's the now the in wrestling, where do you draw the line on that as far as what you let the fans see? Because there is that sense of believability that is lost when they see you in a different way. But it also, though, is a way to, you know, if you're doing it outside of that environment, like on your social media, can it help attract new fans? And I don't know, just in this day and age, though, it's like wrestling, it's changed, whether for the better or for worse. But we live in an entirely different time. But I do think and I, we talked about it that I told you, I think wrestlers do need to start getting more personal where I think and, and we've heard you know, Scott Hall, Razor, you know, it's not it's not it's not the uh, it's show business. It's not the friends business where I think we've seen a more friendly laid back environment um, where it's not quite as cutthroat as it used to be, which is 
I think though it depends on your mindset on the business and, and that could be healthier also, but do we also lose? We do need real feuds because at right. the end of the day, like you could tell, you could tell me and Mark Henry with everything going on. And I, and I know this because, and, and we've worked countless times, but you're going to go out there and you guys are going to sell this and we'd be professional enough to do it because that's what and I did it with people you don't get along with because you, you want to draw money. And that's what we need in wrestling. You need real conflict in a day right. and age where we've kind of lost that. So it would be nice to see that because I'm all for everything. I like, I like wrestling. I like where I think, I just think we, we, we don't want to get too heavy in any one direction. Right. Right. We need some, some realism also in there. And I don't know how you do that. It, you got to have professionals that understand and where, okay, we're going to go at it. We may never talk to each other after this ever again, but, but let's right. go draw some money. Like it's as a viewer. And I told you that with the promo open mic segment, let people just go out there and just, just vent. And let's see what right. sticks and what doesn't. And, and maybe they're doing that to a degree, but there's also that this was one of my things too, with with wrestling, Raj, why I wanted to create uh wealth outside of it and with another passion with supplements is that if you're not reliant on pro wrestling as your sole source of income, you could take far more chances. Yeah. Which I think is why I am able to speak so freely, is I know I have the income coming in. I'm not quite as worried about because, and I've already openly said I'm not going back there. But it's given me the freedom to just be myself and speak and give my my pure opinions and thoughts without worrying about well, oh, you know, because it's so. That's also a thing as well. It's just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But I think if you look at other, you know, real fighting, you can see what's working there. You see, you see Jake Paul is all of a sudden becoming a huge star. You see Conor McGregor. Yeah. And can, can wrestling create characters like that? And, and we haven't, uh, you know, and, and they haven't in a long time. And it technically should be the easiest industry to do it because you have right. control over it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that is where, yeah, no, it, that was always my frustration <laughs> with it. You know, yeah. when you have, and I've, we talked with that, especially with the run when red hot lightning in a bottle and Jericho right. said it, I experienced it. Arena's shaking. And I knew it, like knowing in, in the effort, like those are the moments you need to capitalize on. And it, the difference is showing up and them saying you're winning or losing. That's a frustrating thing. People, obviously you can keep going in that and you keep fighting, but it's a, it could be a goal that you don't have any control over depending on your situation and circumstances. But the, Pulling the trigger on people that are organically hot is something that has been missing from pro wrestling for some time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, that was a pretty packed episode we had today. Um, but yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks as always for having me on. No, thank you, Raj, as always. And I really appreciate you doing this with me as always. And I think today's episode is probably the most important episode I've ever done uh, with everyone, hopefully having a better understanding of me and, uh, yeah, that's that. So anything to plug to wrap up? Uh, keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. We moved to a new system. So if you see any issues, please let us know. Uh, but keep checking out WrestlingInc.com. Good deal. And guys, as always, Feed Me More Nutrition on FeedMeMore.com. Still can save 20% all of January with discount code January20. We have limited supplies of the free Feed Me More Nutrition face mask and beanie. So. And we are going to be doing more free giveaways with different things. Uh, we got the weight training bags coming in, uh, and the, um, wrist straps. We got new red workout towels being done and uh, new shaker bottles. So we're going to constantly be giving you guys, hooking you guys up during everything here in 2021 uh, with the best supplements on the planet. So thank you as always. And you've just listened to the Shooting Blanks 
Wrestling Report. Feed me more.